So, I mean, I, I asked the same question. It's like, why do we have, why does every church start with a prayer? Then we do praise and worship. Then we take up an offering. Then we do a pre, then we preach, do announcements, and then we preach, and then we end with a couple songs. Like, what? Like, where is that in the Word of God? Nowhere. So it's clearly like, uh, it, it, it happened through time, and now it's just something we do. Well, I've always been the one <laughs> in business and, and in life to say, well, is there another way of doing this? And just because everybody else did it this way, does it mean we have to do it this way? Let's do this. Welcome to Ordinary Discussions. Uh, I have a special guest with me today. He's been with us several times, Noah Smith. What's up, Noah? How are you? Doing good. How about you? <laughs> I'm laughing because... <laughs> I mean, I know. <laughs> did, you, did you hear what just happened? When you talked, it just completely reverbed <laughs> and started stuttering. Uh, I'll explain, I'll explain why that's funny uh, here in just a minute, but, um, trust me, it's the only thing we can do is laugh. Well, Hey, if you guys don't know Noah, Noah Smith is a communications director of ordinary men and ordinary women. And, uh, Noah, um, has been in the profession of ministry. He's been doing ministry outside of the profession of it, but he's also been, in paid ministry for for years and uh, is a great sounding board uh, for today's conversation, which is going to be about church. And so, um, it should be a, a fun conversation and and uh, and one that uh, may may get. I wouldn't say heated. What would it be? Not controversial. I don't know. Uh, provocative. I think oh, there it is. Right? Provocative. Yes. Oh, that's a good word. Well, hey, before we get started, I just want to welcome uh, everyone that's uh, listening today. If this is your uh, first time listening, welcome. If uh, you've been back uh, or listened before and you're and you're back, I just thank you so much for supporting us. As always, uh, we just ask that you would subscribe and and share the uh, the podcast. Rate us uh, if you have an opportunity. Uh, obviously, five stars are great, and uh, anything you can do to help us is helping uh, the kingdom because uh, this podcast is meant for one thing, and that is to uh, promote and cast vision uh, in Ordinary Men, the organization that Noah and I are both working in and on, and, and also to uh, just um, uh, promote the, the, the message of the gospel and uh, encourage uh, people in, in their walk. So uh, hopefully you guys will partner with us in that and, uh, and share it with your friends, and, and hopefully we'll increase our listenership. Um, also, before we get started, you'll probably see, uh, if you're watching on video, if you're not, um, make sure you check us out on YouTube. Uh, we post uh, all our um, podcasts now on YouTube. Uh, you'll probably see that uh, it's a little different than normal, and that's because we are slowly, but we are progressing uh, to more and more quality. Uh, it's funny, we bought a 4K camera, but I couldn't get it to work today. Um, so we're recording on my iPhone and then Noah's obviously, uh, on zoom, but, uh, yeah, overall we are, uh, we're moving towards, uh, a better video format, uh, in very high quality and, and, um, you know, even if maybe I'm not a very good podcaster, we'll at least look good and sound good doing it right, Noah. That's right. That's, what we <laughs> That's, That's all right. that matters. Yeah. Well, Noah and I were laughing earlier because um, what's twelve oh five, and I started trying to get this podcast going at nine thirty. Um, it has been fun. Would you call it fun, Noah? Yeah, it's a, it's a uh, you know what we talked about this this last week in our group is high challenge. So I would say this is the high challenge part <laughs> of <laughs> of was, life. Uh, Gosh, it was high challenge, all right, but I'm not sure. You know, I thought it was because of us. So what what we did is we're we're recording on a uh, a podcast um, uh, soundboard, and and then we're we're recording on Zoom, and so we have to get Noah's volume from Zoom into that soundboard. It's really not hard to do. It's it's quite simple. 
and we checked all the boxes and we checked it and it was not working. We could not get my volume through to him and his volume through to me. We even got uh, someone that is a professional in, in the industry to, to do a, a live call with us and checked all our settings. He couldn't figure it out. In fact, he ended the call with, Hey, I'm interested now. If you guys can figure it out, let me know. So, I mean, we, I mean, literally for like, I don't know how many hours was that, like two and a half hours. Like we were back and forth and really frustrated at times. It got to the point now that we're just, it's funny, uh, I think. And, (laughs) and listen, listen to, listen to what it was. So we have another zoom call that we do for uh, a leaders intensive that, that I'm leading right now that Noah's in. And so we had this zoom call that we were on, not, not that call, but the zoom call today's invite and it wouldn't work. So I, I sent another Zoom invite. That one wouldn't work. And we were literally about to give up on it. And I would just record it another day. And I said, hey, why don't you go to the leader intensive Zoom call and see if it works? <laughs> he logs in, it works. Like I have no, I don't even get it. You can't make this stuff up. But Beating your head against the wall. <laughs> we're here now. So okay. I hope we haven't wore ourselves out and we still have a good podcast ahead of us. That's right. We will. Yeah, it's I good. think so. I think so. It's the grind, right? It is. So Noah, you, um, last time you were on the podcast, you were in, um, Fredericksburg, Virginia. Where are you at now? Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Uh, and it's way different. I'll tell you that we went from, we went from sunshine every day, beautiful blue skies to, it has done nothing but rain. And then I called you, what was it like two days ago? And I was like, Hey, what do I need to know about tornadoes? Because uh, they're telling telling me that there's tornado warnings all throughout. And then you said, and I love this because you said, "Well, don't worry about it as long as you have a crawl space." And I said, "Well, <laughs> I'm on a slab, so what am I supposed to do there?" The look on your face was like, uh, "I don't know. I don't know what to what to tell you now." So then I said, "So then I said, well." several people around here have like these family safe storage container type things where you can put your family in. Is that something I need to look into? You're like, nah, just so <laughs> you know, every once in a while a tornado comes by and somebody dies, but it's, it's like one person out of a whole town. So I'm like, but what if I'm that one person? Like maybe I need to be, you know, a little bit more safer. So anyway, so we've been dealing with uh, storms and rain and all that stuff, but yeah, I love, I love it here already. It's, um, it's it's a cool city it's very much family friendly there's parks and uh tons of trails and things like that nothing like colorado but it's still uh i i like it i'm I'm liking a lot yeah that's great so the reason i was quick on that the crawl space thing and and now i mean we probably have quite a few listeners in uh illinois uh listening so they'll understand this which is where i grew up and uh and, and now we have a lot of ordinary men's groups and ordinary women starting there. And, and so it's, it's, it's turning into quite the place, uh, for, for the ministry. But, uh, but anyhow, we, we had a lot of tornado warnings and tornadoes when I was a kid, more warnings than the tornadoes. But the, the, the drill was, um, if things got really bad or it looked really bad that we would get into our crawl space. And so, uh, when I asked him, <laughs> when he said he didn't have a crawl space, <laughs> I said, I think I said, do you have a big culvert out front? (laughs) So I'm sure you'll be fine. Just get into the uh, stairwell underneath the stairwell. You'll be, you'll be all right. Yeah. I think you said, just throw some pillows over yourself. (laughs) Yeah. Bring lots of pillows. I said, (laughs) because I'm an expert in all things tornadoes, apparently. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me this, what is the big difference you see between and I know you love Fredericksburg just like I did. I mean, gosh, it was so good to both of us. Uh, but what, yep. what's the big difference be, that you notice so far between the two places? I think the pace of life. I think that's the, that's the biggest difference I can tell. It's just a, there's an attitude here. It's a little bit different. Um, I, I think it's partly because I think, I mean, is Virginia Virginia's considered a, a southern state, right? I don't know. It is, but this year, I mean, northern Virginia does not feel like that to me. I think that's what it is. I think I think it's it still has a very much a hard driving uh culture in Fredericksburg. Yeah. Uh which isn't a bad thing. I think I think especially the years that I was there, it was uh it was helpful uh, in a lot of ways. 
Um, but the pace here is very different, very like more laid back. Um, in fact, somebody told me I wasn't here for the big snowstorms. Um, I was in Florida, which is, you know, convenient. Thank you. Thank you God. <laughs> uh, but somebody told me, they said, uh, the whole town shut down and they weren't prepared for that. Like for like a week. And I can, I have evidence of that because I still don't have grass in my yard, but, um, <laughs> from where they're supposed to lay sod. So that's fine. Um, but yeah, it's, they say it's just very, it's very low key. And I can already sense that, which is, you know, like I said, for family, for a young family, it's kind of, it's, it's helpful for us right now. Um, so I think it's, it's a good move. I think, um, I'm excited to see what God does here. I know that, uh, you know, we, we've, you and I have talked about this before, but, uh, I'm a part of a, a church plant, um, kind of helping Alinea church, uh, get off the ground a little bit. Uh, my wife is more proactive with that. She's leading worship and, uh, she's more involved with the strategy and stuff like that, which has been cool. And, um, we're, you know, we're just excited about seeing what, what that could be and what that happened, what, what that's going to look like. I, um, not to go, I think we could talk more about this later on, but it, it, it reminds me a lot of Lynchburg, Virginia, which is where my wife and I met, where there's a lot of churches, but a lot of, um, if I could say this, it, it feels a little bit like a lot of either hurt people from the church, like church hurt, or it looks like people who are going to church, but are not, um, are not involved in discipleship process. So being a part of this, I think, and being a part of OM, I'm I'm excited to see what that could look like uh, for the future. Yeah, me too. Um, another thing Noah and I just started in is uh, I'm leading a leadership and a leader, as I said, that Zoom call that we're we're actually on that Zoom call right now, uh, the leaders intensive Zoom call. So if any of those guys want to jump on real fast, they could certainly do so. <laughs> but but anyhow. Um, yeah, so the Leaders Intensive is a six-month group. We normally run a 12-month group because um, the the off it's not an off week, but the every other week is an intentional relationship piece of, so there's a study and then there's intentional relationship that's, you know, engaging in, in, in one-on-one or group relationship with, with one another and pointing each other to Christ, really discipleship, you know. And uh, we're just we're skipping that part because it's 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 men from throughout all throughout the country, and that would be impossible uh, because of logistics of of, of that. But um, and these are all men that are already uh, of the mindset of discipleship, so they they get it. They don't uh, intentional relationship is something they already engage in. It's something they already are doing with with people in their in their their sphere. But but it allows them to have ordinary men at, as a tool as a platform. To, to utilize in their discipleship uh, of their life, you know, as they discipleship others. And so we're going through the six-month intensive with the idea that that each man will will lead their own group. And the cool thing is, is it consists of pastors and former pastors and a couple of businessmen. And it's kind of weird that I'm leading a group of pastors in it, but uh, one of the, the, the part of the vision of ordinary men that God put in my heart is that we don't multiply unless you don't, you don't lead a group unless you've been through a group and that's to protect the mission vision and especially the culture of what we're doing. Because I think culture, and I don't think culture can be lost in, in, in a generation, like in, in, in one group of ordinary men, if, if you don't stay true to the culture, the next, the next group will not look the same. And culture is really important to us. And that high challenge, high grace piece that Noah just spoke about earlier uh, is a big piece of our culture. And so, uh, no. What do you think of that group so far? We're only two. We're only two sessions in, but yeah, so. we're we're two in, and we had. I mean, this last this last week we talked about. Um, we we shared testimonies, and honestly, dude, I don't know how we're going to get through it in two uh, <laughs> two sessions because I think there's a lot there. I mean, we talked about this before. Is like it's, it's one of it, it's one of the strongest sessions in ordinary men and ordinary women is the testimony sharing because it's. Uh, Man, what's that verse that you said? It was a revelation. It says uh, the word of their testimony. Yeah, we, um, over, we overcome him by the power of the blood and the word of testimony. Yeah. I, I, I like, I've been thinking about those testimonies. We talked about it yesterday. We had three testimonies. You went um, and then two other guys. And I called you right afterwards, if you remember. And I was like, man, it's crazy. I didn't, I didn't have the experience that these two guys did. Um, and you said, yeah, I didn't either. But it's just... I don't know. It's like, 
I think it's really enlightening to open up and, and see other people's worldviews and how they could have received or, or think about things. And I don't know. I just, um, I love, I love that. I love hearing testimonies. Um, the week before we just talked, covered culture and, um, I don't know. I just, I think there's a whole, there's a whole group in our group that I, I'm excited about knowing the other guys who I don't know at all, but three of them I know and, uh, seeing what God does in their lives through it is going to be pretty cool. Yeah, that's good. I'm really, I'm, I'm really excited about it. It's a vision that God put on my heart a while ago. And then to, to have the group come to fruition and, and to have pastors that are on staff, uh, excited about it and seeing as a solution for discipleship, um, is a real confirmation for me because, you know, I'm just an ordinary guy <laughs> and that, that God put this vision on my heart. And, and, and at times, um, yeah, it's, it's good to have that encouragement and, and see that, that, um, that people have been in ministry for 30 years are excited about it. And that excites me a lot. So, well, you know, that brings us to our discussion today. And I'm just going to, I'll point that out again, that high challenge, high grace piece, because I think some of the stuff we're going to talk about today is going to be really challenging to some people. Some of you may even know me personally and may feel like that I am poking at you. <laughs> I, trust me, I'm not. This is not meant towards a single person. Uh, if, it, if it feels like it's poking at you, it's just what God's put on my heart. And if I wanted to say something to you, you guys know me well enough, <clears throat> I would say it to you. <laughs> but I would do it in love. I mean, I don't have any reason to browbeat people over my views versus theirs or their actions versus, you know, and such. So anyhow. Uh, but in this podcast, I think there will be some challenging things said, and no one I'll probably challenge each other a bit, but understand that anything we say comes with high grace. So if I say something that is challenging or you feel like is, man, that guy, he, he is just really, <laughs> he's really off, or uh, I don't know if you'd say it's really off. I mean, I think anything that we talk about is supported by the Word of God, but um, if it feels like we're poking, uh, we're not, and um, if it is something that uh, convicts you, understand that we have high grace in it. That nothing we say, we're anything that we may criticize, we're not immune to. And we understand that we all are human beings and we have a process of walking out our faith and in our process of growth uh, in our faith with the Lord. So understand that and, and please um, hear it in that way as, as we talk. Other than that, we're just going to talk straight up and, and, and say, say what it is. So, um, you good with that, Noah? Oh, yeah. Let's do it. All right. Great. Well, um, so we're going to talk about church today, and we have several topics. This will probably end up being a, a couple-part, uh, two-part series. Uh, we're already, you know, 18 minutes in. I'm looking over here, and uh, I, I don't want to rush it. I think it took us three hours to get this podcast started. <laughs> Certainly not going to rush it. No, but uh, it'll probably be two parts. And so I, I just want to start by saying we are talking about the church. And I want to be really clear, really, really clear. OM and OW is not to be a replacement for church. Okay? OM and OW is meant to be a support for the church. Not just the church in general, the big church, the, 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 um, the, the, um, the invisible church across the country. Uh, obviously, we want to support that, but we want to we want to support the local church as well. And so, it's not a substitute for a local church. Uh, it's not a church of its own. Uh, we just want to help strengthen um, the local church by making disciples and make disciples. And and because of this, uh, we want to encourage anyone participating in OM or OW to stay fully engaged in their local church. <clears throat> not not that not have this mindset that because you're doing OM or OW that that somehow is your church for the week because I don't believe that to be the case and we'll talk more about that but I just want to start with kind of that disclaimer especially if there's a pastor listening or someone um, or anyone I, I just don't want that to ever be confused that we are here to support the church not to compete against the church 100% so um, I guess I would just start Noah with I feel like the pandemic has um, exposed <laughs> um, maybe some issues, maybe some uh, 
it's it's exposed it's exposed maybe issues in church and it's maybe exposed issues within uh, Christians that go to church, right? And I feel like uh, that's some of the stuff that we're going to talk about. And one of the things I just want to start with saying is if you're not if you're not going to church, and if during the pandemic you got out of the routine of going to church, I just want to say you need to get back in church. And uh, and Noah, chime in any time, but here here we go on the high high challenge. Okay, I I, I hear people, <clears throat> and these aren't just people where I live. These are I, I talk to people from Virginia all the way to Colorado. I hear way too often what I believe is this mask excuse. It's I'd go to church, but I ain't gonna wear a mask in church. Okay. I understand that, and I understand. And I don't understand that. I understand if you don't want to go to church because you're you're, you're high risk, and 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 COVID is something that could take your life. I completely get that, but these are not people that are in that category. These are people that are going to Walmart. These are people that are going to the movies, going to their kids, going to their kids' games. Um, I see them at restaurants. Uh, I meet them. I don't. I can't say I meet them. <laughs> they go to restaurants, all those other things, right? And they'll wear a mask there. But then when it comes to church, they'll say, well, I can't go to church, man. I, I just can't. It just breaks my heart to be in church with a mask on. And I, I just, it's really to the point that it's, it's starting to, it's, it's, it's bothered me enough that I want to do a podcast about all these things because I just want to encourage people that um, I think it's a poor excuse. And and I know this sounds like when my mom would say, "Make sure you finish what's on your plate." There's dying kids in Ethiopia, right? <laughs> so I get, I get that that may this may sound this way, but but we do realize, right, that there's Chinese that are digging tunnels and hollowing out caverns and caves underground so that they can meet and and have gatherings that they call church, right? We do realize that, right? And then we're in America. And we don't want to go to church because it breaks our heart or it bothers us because we have to wear a mask. I, I just think, I, I don't know. I just can't even imagine what the Chinese, like those people that are risking their lives literally to, to gather together as, as the church must think if they heard something like that. And I, I just think uh, if you don't want to go to church, don't go to church. But if your excuse is a mask, I think we need to think long and hard about that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I I think maybe this is a different point because I think what you're talking about is masks specifically, but like I do think I do think there's somewhat of here here's the thing that I, I do I have heard and I do under I, I understand this perspective, especially just having young kids, is when when the pandemic hit, churches that were meeting didn't offer much for for in the way of kids programs at all. Um, if they did, it was one giant room where you could come and worship and your kids would be in that room. And I went twice to, to that. And I was, I'll just be honest with you. It was the most stressful thing that I've, I was like, I can't, my kids are running, literally running around and maybe that's a discipline issue on my part, but they're running around and causing distraction and everything else. And it's stressful for me. It's stressful for the kids. It's like, well then why, what am I doing here? Like, why, why would I not just watch a sermon online, uh, have a kid's program on YouTube? Um, like the, I think it's, uh, isn't it Craig Rochelle? He puts out a, he puts out the life Bible or something like that. Is that right? Do you know, uh, I mean, he does a lot. I, I don't know for sure. Um, he does uh, bible.com. I know that for sure, but I don't know what he does for kids. He has a whole kids program then for that. Okay, and so like I, like for me, I was like, well, then this is what we'll do. And, and I did that for several months because I was like, until there's a kids anything functioning for the kids, it just doesn't make any sense. Um, so let's let's hear your thoughts on that. Well, yeah, I mean, here here are my thoughts. First off, I I stayed at home for a while too. We didn't have church, and then when church did open back up, it was it was just so skeleton that it was tough to get back in the groove and there's that high grace piece. Like I get it. Like I understand we had to make reservations to make it to church. And then part of me was like, well, I'll just let somebody that 
really needs it because you know I'm so spiritual. <laughs> that mm-hmm. really need, yeah, uh, that's kind of stupid. Uh, but somebody that really wants to go to go that that type of thing, and then it just felt like at some point that I was I was just looking for a reason just to stay in my pajamas and and have breakfast while I watch church watch church because I think I wasn't doing right. church I was I wasn't even watching church I was watching a preacher preach, and so I, I get what you're saying and but I think that what's happening I'm not really talking about the past the first six months of this thing I'm talking That's where about, we're at now. Yeah, and I just think now uh, that's why I wouldn't have had, even talked about this then because I think it was yeah. there was just too much uh, in, uh, in flux that who knew what was going on. I think now most churches do have kids ministry, most churches do have nursery, most churches have those things, and so I would just say, yeah, it's probably time. And and here's the other thing, and and trust me, I'm not a I'm not a kids ministry. I don't feel called to that. <clears throat> no, really, I I don't right now. <laughs> that could change if God really wanted to change my heart. Um, but part of the reason we didn't have uh, kids ministry for a while is because we had no one to volunteer for kids ministry at our church, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that, that goes back to this whole thing of like, what is the church? And, and without having people coming to church, we don't have what church really is, I don't think. And so it's like, you know, which came first, the chicken or the egg? Like, what, what, what's the real cause? Like, is it because we don't have people to volunteer to be in children's ministry that we don't, or, you know, like if people came back, would that solve that problem? Yeah, I don't, I don't know that. Um, so I'm really, I don't want to get too hung up on that. I see that. I, I think there's a lot of examples that, that are valid. Um, I mean, I'll go back to that, you know, I watch at home thing. I mean, I get that a lot. And and I kind of get that because <clears throat> I really enjoyed that time <laughs> of watching at home. Uh, but I don't think watching at home is I don't think watching at home is not church. <laughs> what, what what's your thought on that? I don't think that's church. Watching no, I don't. I agree with you on that. I think I think you're at best it's a it's a, a resource. That's all it is. Yeah, I think it's great. I think I think um, online ser- services are great for when you're sick or you just can't make it or maybe you're on vacation or um, uh, maybe reaching a non-believer that otherwise wouldn't come to the church building, things of that nature. And I think it was great for when we started the pandemic. But there's still a lot of people that aren't coming to church because they're watching online. And I, I, I'm hearing a consistent theme among people not just people I know, just even on YouTube and other places that, you know, like, oh, man, I really love church online. I just don't think that's church. And, and I would go back to, like, Acts, like, let's look at Acts 2, you know, Acts 2.42. I'll just read. This is, like, the first uh, example of what we would call church, right? This is, this is early on. It says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as they had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So I hear a lot of, uh, I hear that, that, preached about a lot like this is you know when people talk about like church like this is church uh and i get that and so i think there's for me it's like i think there has to be certain things in place in order for um for for it to be considered church i don't know that this starts sounding legalistic but i think there's some legit there's a legitimacy of this and i think there needs to be uh, first off a gathering uh, so if we read that again, I mean, I'm pulling this straight from that. You know, uh, there needs to be a gathering. I believe that worshiping is part of it. Now, obviously, you could say that you could worship from online. I get that. There needs to be giving. I guess you could still give to your church and watch online. Uh, reaching of the lost. Uh, that's kind of hard to do in your home uh, and with just your family. And then there's fellowship. And I get it. I mean, people could easily argue that, well, it's my family. I mean, there's, we have three kids and my husband and we're going to, we're going to watch that. That's our fellowship. I get it. I call that family. (laughs) I think we all have that. I think fellowship is a little different. I think we're, 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 that that's, that's people outside of our family. And 
So I, I just think when you're staying at home, you're missing out on a lot. And I think more than that, just as much of that, if not more than that, I think the church is missing out on a lot too, because we have a lot to offer, right? I mean, we have a lot to offer that. That's the whole point of the gathering is we all are the body of Christ. We all have different functions. And, and when we're not there, that function is missing. And, um, yeah, I just, uh, I was really challenged on this myself because I, I stayed home too long watching online. And I don't know. I just felt like the Holy Spirit convicted me of it. Yeah. So I, I, I think, I don't know necessarily we're going to disagree a whole lot on a lot of things on, on this. Cause I think, I think I hear what you're saying and I say, yeah, I like, absolutely. Um, I think that there, especially in this pandemic, and, and it's easy to kind of go there. And it's funny because when I was a campus, a campus director for uh, one of the campuses at the church I was I was at, like it would frustrate me to no end when I would talk to people and they would, I would be like, "Where were you this last week?" And they'd be like, "Yeah, I just watched online." Be like, "I miss you. I I need. I want you here. Like because this is if if the church is really functioning as the family." Um, which we should be, we should be brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, then when a family member is not at the t- table, I mean, it's just like this. Uh, I think it was uh, Banning Lesher from Jesus Culture. He talked about this and he said, um, he said, when I think about what Sunday morning should be, what the experience should be, it should be uh, Thanksgiving. And it should be that people, when they're missing, it's, it's a loss for the whole, for the whole family, because it's like, man, grandpa's not here with us or, you know, uh, uncle Joe is, you know, he, he couldn't make it this year. It's a, it's like, man, this, it stings a little bit. And so, so for me, I get that. I totally understand it when the church is healthy and when it's acting that way, I think, yeah, like we should be like that. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I affirm that, like, I really do. Cause so like, when I hear you say like, you know, it, it was convicting because we, we need each other. And you and I talked about this this last week, you said, you know, we need to have, uh, and I'm not, I don't want to get ahead of us, but the conversation, but like you said, as a, as a coach of my football team and he would speak truth to me, I knew that his win was my win. Mm-hmm. And as a church, as a body of believers, we should also be functioning that same way. Your yeah. win is my win. If you're, um, if you're doing well and you're, you're strong, then like I come and get around you and I'm not doing well, then you can call some stuff out in me. You can bring that to my attention and we can work on this together because we're iron sharpening iron. Yeah, I agree. Wait, I'm going to back up just a bit. I passed over something that I wanted to talk about. Uh, there's a great uh, book. It's a, it's a short read. <laughs> short, <laughs> short read. Uh, it, it's called Systematic Theology by Wayne Grudem. And uh, this was given to me by Daniel Floyd, my pastor in Virginia, when I had a lot of tough questions. And uh, so this is a book that really helps you uh, work through those. So I spent probably a couple hours yesterday working through um, what is church in systematic theology? Because, I mean, if you're listening, you're probably like me, where it's like, well, what what exactly is it? Like, is it something we do? Is it is it a is it the group of believers? Is it something visible? Is it not? Is, you know, what what does it look like? I just want to look. I just want to uh, go through this, and these aren't my words and, and, and my knowledge. It is now because I I, I was able to learn it, but. Uh, this is from uh, Systematic Theology. So first off, I think it's important to understand that the church is a community of all true believers for all time. So Grudem says that, um, and, and, he, and he references many, many scripture verses, and it's that church is, a, is the um, community of all true believers for all time. So there's many different, like when people say church, it's important to understand that I could say church and I'm, talk, I'm referring to that. I'm referring to the community of believers for all times. And he looks at Ephesians 1, through 23. He says, He has put all things under his feet and has made him the head over all things for the church, which is the body, the fullness of him who fills, fills all in all. That's Ephesians 1, 23. So then, anyhow, it, it goes on. And then, he, and then he talks about the church is invisible yet visible. 
So I think that's important to know, too, that there's an invisible trait of the church, which you don't see. It's this underlying church. It's hard for me to explain because it's invisible. But then there's also the visible church, which we see, which is looks more like our local church and, and, and what we see here on earth, right? And so there's a visible and invisible. And then there's um, the church is local and universal. I think that's important to know, too, is in the New Testament, the word church I'm reading, may be applied to a group of believers at any level, ranging from a very small group meeting in a private home all the way to the group of all true believers in the universal church. And so I think it's important to know that when we talk about church, a lot of what I'm talking about today is the local church, right? It's like I'm saying we need to get back. You're part of the church, <laughs> whether you go to the local church or not. You're part of the If you're a believer in Christ, you're part of that universal group of believers. But I think there's another aspect to it as well, which is the local church. So anyhow, I, I probably should have started there, and, and I, I kind of skipped over that. So I just wanted to, to back up. Yeah, so that brings me to the next thing. I mean, we talked about, you know, the pandemic kind of exposed some things. And, and it got us out of our routine. I mean, it certainly did. And, and, and then it allowed us to start thinking differently, which is always good in my opinion. I'm not scared of, of new thoughts and new ways. And that's really where I want to get today. I really want to talk about some, some ideas that I have and, and, and some thoughts. But, but I felt like it was important to talk about some of these things too. And another thing I'm seeing a lot of is, and this may be from the pandemic because it may have made it, uh, expounded it. But it's also, I believe, it was already happening. I think it's just gotten worse. Uh, and that is, it seems like people are consistently missing because they have, quote-unquote, better options. And I just, I know this sounds legalistic. And, and that's fine if you think it is. But it's really not. Um, but I, I just believe there's a ton of value in being in the church consistently. Now, well, I miss on vacation, sure. Are there times from time to time that I'm going to miss because, I don't know, maybe I'm on a three-day camping trip, I, you know, whatever. Maybe, but it's, but it's inconsistent that I miss, and it's consistent that I'm there. And what I'm finding is a lot of people are, are consistently not there and inconsistently there, right? And that's more what I'm saying. And I would take the challenge, like, pretty high and say, it seems like sports in America have become the new God. And again, uh, this is where the high challenge comes in. You can <laughs> take it or leave it. But it's like, it's almost, I would rather have a kid that was not a great athlete because I wouldn't let him play sports during church on a Sunday. It's one thing to play during church, another thing to play after church. I, would, I mean, I, I probably would say it's a Sabbath you don't play up to a certain level. I don't know. I mean, I don't even know what the right answer is on that. Okay, so I'm more saying skipping church for a practice or skipping church for a game, it just wasn't something that was allowed in my house. And I can remember being a kid wanting to be a pro football player and just wondering how the heck I was going to do that because they always played on Sundays. And, again, that may sound legalistic, but realize that's the way I was brought up. And so it, 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 it taught me something that caused the, allowed the Holy Spirit to work in my life and allowed him to convict me in that area. I guess what I'm saying is I see people consistently missing, uh, consistently for every other thing in the world. And I, I think that church should be our priority. And there should be times that we miss, I get, but I think we should make a priority. And I guess what I, I also think is I would rather have a kid that wasn't as good an athlete and maybe didn't get a scholarship or maybe didn't do whatever they were supposed to do, could do that at least that, that was pointed and grounded in a, in a habit that would keep them on the straight and narrow longer than to have a kid that was great at sports and not have that habit in their life. Yeah, but. I don't know. Noah? Yeah, we talked about this too. Um, it's funny because I know we're recording a podcast based off of conversations that you and I had, but um, so I'm kind of bringing some of that back. Um, but you said you, you, we talked about this, that our, my parents did the same thing. It was whenever the church's doors are open, we're, our butts are in the seats. And um, we had, you know, Sunday night, Sunday morning, Wednesday night, we had um, you know, any type of youth 
event or whatever. The crazy thing is we also were 45 minutes away from our church. So we drove 45 minutes there, 45 minutes back. And then this is old school Baptist church. So we had choir practice. We had deacons meetings that my dad was a part of um, youth ministry, things that I was a part of. I mean, it was just, we just did a ton of stuff at church. And so, and, and to a point where, you know, I think yeah, we probably, and I would say this because my parents say the same thing is like, we probably burnt ourselves by doing all of that. We should have taken a little bit more balanced approach. Um, but they also did the best that they could because they grew up in kind of the same thing. The positive to all of that was I had a deep love and appreciation for the church and, um, and almost more of a, um, you know, I would say an honoring thing. Like I, mm-hmm. I honored the church. It was like, if we're going to have church and even when I was in college and, and not making the best choices, you know, I still had this like, Oh, I gotta get in church on Sunday. I got it. Even if it meant not making the best choices on the weekends, um, I would still have to be at church. It was just kind of like, yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, I think, I think that's true. Now here's, here's the thing that um, for me, as, as I have, as I do with anything, and even in the pandemic as started asking questions, you, you said that you asked, you said, you know, a lot of people are asking questions right now. I was one of them. The questions that I had was what is, what is church? What does church look like for me? Um, if I don't have a Sunday morning gathering, does that mean that like I'm out of church and you know, I'm not doing what God has asked me to do or, uh, is the main thing that I need to do, uh, be, be the church, like be in discipleship with other people, be in relationship with other believers, um, be around them. Maybe, I mean, honestly, we were, we were on lockdown for a couple of uh, months. Uh, so, but I still made phone calls. I chatted with my friends that are strong believers. I reached out to people who I hadn't reached out to in months to just be like, Hey, this is what's going on in my life. I'm really, and even just been vulnerable with them. Um, so then again, I'm starting to ask these questions of like, well, then why can't, why can't that almost be like church deconstructed? So well, it may not be a formal gathering, but it's something. No, I, I agree. It's funny. I was about to say that thing, that very thing is I don't want people listening to this podcast that I think, think that I think that somehow the way that church is being done and there, I'm sure there's churches, the local churches that are being that are that are doing it perfect or great. I mean, nobody's perfect, but I'm sure they're doing a very, very good job. And and I'm not, I'm not trying to sit back and, and be a backseat driver either. I, I'm trying to be involved. I mean, that's part of the reason that I'm so passionate about ordinary men and ordinary women, is because I think it can help bring the change, some of the change that I think the church needs. Um. So I mean, I, I ask the same question. It's like, why do we have? Why does every church start with a prayer? Then we do praise and worship. Then we take up an offering. Then we do a pre. Then we preach, do announcements, and then we preach, and then we end with a couple songs. Like, what? Like, where is that in the Word of God? It's nowhere. So it's clearly like uh, it, it happened through time, and now it's just something we do. Well, I've always been the one <laughs> in business and, and in life to say, well, is there another way of doing this? And just because everybody else did it this way, does it mean we have to do it this way? That's a completely, I mean, it's probably what we're going to talk about in the second part of this podcast. Um, and, and I have a lot of thoughts on that. Um, but you don't, I don't think you stop going to church because you feel like it's not being done right. You go to church because you feel like you're part of the solution to make it be done right. It's like, that, that's, that's, I think that's the big, I think that's probably the number one problem that I see, okay, among believers is, we, it's our mindset about church. Okay. We're not going to church because we don't feel like it's doing for us what it should be doing, but that's not church. <laughs> the question should be, uh, what are we doing to build the church? It's like, what, by me not being there on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night or all those things, we did the same thing. No, a Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday, and we had to drive 45 minutes too. It's kind of funny when we lived in uh, Southwest Virginia, it was like, was a chore of a drive. Same thing, man. If the if the doors were open, I think some of that's not. Some of that wasn't good. <laughs> There's was some legalism in that. 
Uh, but man, we have gone, the, the, the pendulum has swung now where it's like, uh, it's like, we don't even, it's, it's one time a week now and it's, it's hard to make that. Um, but I think part of that is because we look at church about what, what, what are we going to get out of it? And I don't that's think right. that's, that's, that's not what the local church is about. Like when mm-hmm. you show up on Sunday morning, you should be asking what, who here needs prayer? Who here needs a word from God? And maybe I'm the person to speak that into their lives. Who here needs uh, just to see a smiling face? Who here is lost and needs that, that, that person to show them love and kindness and compassion so that they're either receive the Lord that day or come back another day and, and, and do it then? Um, all those things, like who, who's going to greet? Who's going to park cars? Who's going to do the offering? Who is? All those things take people. Right. And it's like, we, we, we have this mindset, like we're going to show up to church and what am I going to get out of it? I think the only way you really get out of church, what is meant to get out of church is when you realize that you are the church and it relies on you. And I think that's, what's difficult for me when, when people miss consistently that are believers. Again, I know this is high challenge. This may poke people <laughs> I get it, but I do it. I, I'm really not trying to poke at anyone. But I would just say this: when there's people that I love and care for that are not there consistently, that I know that God has put in my life to be part of my life and to be have fellowship with me and to encourage me and to challenge me. When they're not engaged, then guess what? Guess who gets cheated? Not just them, but me. And that's not me being selfish. I'm just saying, like that is the, that's a that's a fact. And so when we realize that, I think we use a quote in Ordinary Men, our lives, matters, our lives matter because others' lives depend on us. I think that's, that's church to me. I think, I think it depends on us. It's not a pastor. It's not a bunch of paid people. The, more, the, sooner, we, the sooner we fill churches with disciples that are making disciples, the sooner we change a culture and, and a mindset within a church, that it's a high challenge, high grace environment. That that we are yes saved by grace, but called to do works, and we're judged by our fruit. Like the sooner that we get this mentality, the sooner church changes into a into something that I I believe is something we long to be at and part of. But it's never going to change by just saying I'm not going to go because it's not giving me what I want. And that's and that's why I I think um, well I, I think I know ordinary men exist because the challenge is we got to get off our butts like I think that's that's the hard part man is volunteers people who are involved in church if all they see is I can I come to church and I park a car and I go to I go into sit in a service and that's that's my that's my um, my attaboy, like that's my, that's my tick on the box. Like I, I did my job as a, as a good American Christian, but it's not discipleship. Like it's not, it's not, it's not doing anything for you. Even, even in, like, even if you were involved, if you're, if you're not, if you're just there to consume and uh, you know, do a little volunteer thing, greet people at the door or whatever, put a smiling face not that those things are bad. I'm not saying that, but I am saying like, this is the body of Christ. And if we don't, if we don't like really, really invest in other people and other relationships to that level where we can grab somebody and say, let you came in. And I mean, you came in and I can see that there's, you've got some things going on. You okay. Like, how can I pray for you today? Um, when we're doing that, now we're talking, now we're doing something instead of just coming and taking up a, a room on an, on a, on a bench or whatever, because honestly, dude, like the, the church that I see that does that, I'm like, stay home. Like w- w- you're not doing anybody, any service. Yeah. Like you're not even serving your own self. You're, yeah. you're just, you're just there to do the function. And that's, that's meaningless. Well, I mean, let me bring this full circle. Uh, so I think forming a habit around attending church is important for adults, but I think it's paramount among, among kids, raising kids. I think it's paramount. And even if your kids feel like they're going through the motions and they 
kick and scream at times and don't want to go and would rather sleep in or are upset because they miss a game <laughs> or miss a practice. Uh, I, first off, I think you, you put the first things first. God will bless you. <laughs> and So miss a game, miss a practice. I'm pretty sure he can increase your athletic ability if that's really what he wants to do. But <laughs> staying on track. I think a habit is an extremely important thing. And I mean, don't just take it from me. I wrote a couple quotes down. Uh, I mean, here's one from Mark Twain. It says, a habit cannot be tossed out the window. It must be coaxed down the stairs a step at a time. Another one from Octavia Butler. Uh, first, forget inspiration. First, forget inspiration. It's not about inspiration. Habit is more dependable. Habit will sustain you whether you're inspired or not. I'm going to get to that, <laughs> why that's important, whether you're inspired or not. And then Aristotle, hard to argue with that guy. Good habits formed at youth make all the difference. And here, okay, so here's full circle on that. And, and going back to having this mentality that, that you, are, you need to be at church because somebody may need you. And tying in this habit piece. My parents took me to church consistently. It was a habit. Were there times that it was legalistic for me? Absolutely. Were there times that I could care less about being there? As a kid, absolutely. But there was also a time that I got to college. And in college, I wasn't making the best decisions all the time. And I was probably staying out too late, and I was probably consuming the wrong things, <laughs> probably physically and uh, in, in, in ingesting the wrong things. I, I, was, I was not living the lifestyle that I knew I should be living. But... I consistently had something in my head that said I need to get to church, right? So I would still go to church. I'm not saying I was 100%, but I would consistently go to church when I was in college. And I remember I went to Grace, Grace Covenant, I think it was called, in, in Harrisonburg, Virginia. And thank God for, I don't even know the guy's name. I wish I did. I'd call him up today. But thank God for him. And this, this, is, this is a guy that understood it. He understood that him being at church wasn't about him. I don't even know why I'm getting a little emotional, but it wasn't about him. It was about other people. And he saw this young 20-year-old football player walk in the door by himself, and every Sunday he made an effort to come to me and ask me about how football was going, how was college, how are things, is there anything he can pray for me about. He would give me a hug. He would make me feel welcome. And I've got to be honest with you, it kept me coming to church. It made me it made me feel it gave me the thing I needed in that moment, which was, yeah, I may not be living the perfect lifestyle. I may not be on the straight and narrow in every way, but God is still putting somebody in my life to encourage me to stay true to what God is calling me to do, which is come to church and, and still pursue him. And <clears throat> that made a big difference in me when I was in college. And I'm no for a fact, if my parents had said, it's okay. Every game or practice that is during church you miss, go ahead, just miss it. Or if they said, church isn't that important, uh, we're going to do X, Y, Z today uh, and consistently miss, I know for a fact that when I was in college, I would not have gone to church. I just wouldn't have. And if I would not have gone to church, I don't know where I would have ended up because that's where, that's where the Holy Spirit convicted me continually is when I would go, I would go in shame and I would leave um, built up, Right. And, and I'll just take that even more full circle. That same church, I, I drugged my girlfriend to. And I told her she couldn't be my girlfriend anymore unless she became saved. <laughs> and, uh, and, and she kept going. And then I left college, and that girlfriend of mine kept going to that same church and called me one day and said that she gave her life to the Lord. And that wow. girlfriend was my wife, Jessica. Wow, that's crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah, and so... Don't tell, I mean, I'm just saying you can't argue what I, what is truth to my life and what's truth to my life is thank God if my mom's listening, if my dad can hear from heaven, thank God for their consistency in getting me into the house of God because it could have saved my soul and it could have saved my wife's soul. And I think, I think we need to think much bigger at times than the day-to-day and the, and, the, and the sports game and the 
and the sleeping in or the camping trip or whatever it is. Um, and yeah. So for me, that's, that's, that's a testimony in my life and, 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 and it meant a lot. And so that's probably why it means so much to me today. <clears throat> and what you just said, I think kind of goes back to what you originally opened up with, which is, and I think, because I, my parents too, man, like, I do think that there is something within um, the previous generation that had a more legacy mindset. Um, you know, I, I think that we're a little bit more uh, right now. And I think that they just had a better understanding of legacy. So it was the same thing. It was like, no, we're going to, it's Sunday morning. We're going to church. It's, it's Sunday night. We're going to church. It's Wednesday night. We're going to church because it was, you know, I thank God for my parents doing that. And because um, honestly, like I, for, <laughs> I was homeschooled. So it was my, it was also my social, like I had great friends out of my church um, and no, they weren't all bell choir people, but um, some of them were nerds, but you know, it's fine. <laughs> um, but you know, it's, it, it really, it really was like, um, it was good for me. It was a good experience. Um, not, there was challenges with it. We were exhausted by Monday, but, um, like going, cause our church, it was literally from, cause we were Sunday school too. So <laughs> it was, you know, we would get up seven thirty, drive to drive to church, for Sunday school, I mean, choir practices, church. I mean, it was all, all day. We wouldn't get home until nine 30 at night. Anyway. Um, yeah, I, I just, I appreciate it too. I, I, I really do. I, th I think that, um, now, and, and just even as we're talking, I'm kind of feeling like, man, I, it's, you're right. I mean, it really, it's, it's, there's something there that I have to bring to my kids too. And I think that was my challenge too. And, um, and I talked to you about this when the pandemic hit and I'm sitting around and my wife is a worship leader. She was going to church still, uh, and taking our youngest. Um, I've got the other two kids and it's Sunday morning and we're just watching Netflix or something like that. Just get them entertained. So I wasn't even doing what I said I was going to do, which was watch church online. And, and I did that a few times, but it wasn't consistent. You know, I, I felt I did. I felt such like, so like disgusted with myself. Cause I was like, I'm breaking legacy for what? Like this is, there's got to be a change. We have to make a change in our family. So that's part of the reason why going back to the beginning, that's why I'm here in Murfreesboro. Cause I, I, I want to be more of, um, more in love with the church. What can we do to change it now going to be a tougher issue? what what does church do if it's not discipling because to me that's the calling of the church like i think that's where again cohen going to like working out a definition a working definition of the church um i i don't know that we can be okay with saying we're going to come our, our, our church is for the lost and not also for discipleship culture. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, I think I could speak to that too much, maybe. <laughs> so I've got to maybe tone it, tone it back a bit. But let's do this. Let's save that for part two. And okay. um, and let's wrap this one up. I would just say, as we wrap part one of discussion of the church, is um, if you feel like at all someone – one of them, Noah or I, probably would be more me, are trying to beat you up or make you feel bad about yourself. Um, if you feel that, it's not that's not true. Um, I, th I think what what I'm trying to say and encourage is that it's important to be part of the church, not to say you went to church, not so that you can feel religious, not so you can check a box, but because there's a lot of people there that depend on you. And I think if you see change needed in the church, it's not going to happen if you don't show up. And so I think we also have to look at our lives and ask, what are we putting above and beyond this practice and habit of fellowship and sharing and giving and, and praying and all the things that we do at church to support one another? What are we putting ahead of that? 
and sometimes it's good stuff, but I think church is great and and good needs to die sometimes. And 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 so it challenges me too. And again, don't hear me as saying if you ever miss church, you're wrong. I, I will miss church. I will definitely miss church uh this summer and I will definitely miss church this fall. Like it just it's going to happen. But it won't be the it won't be the it won't be the norm. It will be the exception. And so I'm not saying be legalistic, but I also do think we have to ask ourselves why, and this probably goes to the next one, why are people in other countries willing to risk their lives to come together? And we're willing to skip for anything. And it probably means there's something in the church that's broken that needs to be fixed. And I think we need to start asking ourselves and praying about what that is and ask the Lord how we can be part of that solution. And, and I do think ordinary men and ordinary women are part of that. I hope. I pray it is. That's my hope. I pray about it daily. So until, uh, until next time, in part two, I want to talk about house, home church too as well. So I've got some home church ideas and thoughts. And so anybody that's been kicking around that idea. And, I, and, I, and in part two, I also want to talk about, you know, the opportunity that the pandemic has created that I feel like that we are not capitalizing on. So until then, I thank everybody for being part of this. Noah, thanks for being with us, buddy. And uh, until next time, let's do this. Thanks, guys. Thanks.